Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Man, sure, Austin Krell of the Paint Lions covering the Sixers. We want to talk to them about their moves coming up here with the uh, Embiid, Simmons, Dot Rivers, and Daryl Morey. Austin, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? I'm good. Thank you for having me, man. Austin, uh, I watched Daryl Morey's uh, press conference the other day. It's kind of very interesting uh, what he had to say, but pretty much he's saying that pretty much Tobias, Ben Simmons, and Embiid are, are quite happy with. They want to get better around them. Is that something you really believe to be true, or he is doing it because the first conference he didn't want to give anything away to you guys because it just happened? Well, I think you look at Maury's track record, and and certainly shows a guy who likes to improve externally, um, and then you know any internal improvements are, are peripheral, you know, marginal victories. But a lot of his improvements are made with trades. Most definitely, and. Um, I just look at the contracts of Ben and Tobias Harris. You got to add some sweeteners in there to get people to take that, those contracts off. And I don't think they were gone or like a star, a star player to put on side Joel the way that he envisions. So I feel like it's kind of, the, of a negative value because you have to kind of sweeten, sweeten the deal to take, take the, all that big money off the books to take those guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like the, the thing about Ben Simmons, it's just like it's so weird is he's still 24, so he still has, like, years of upside left. And it's a, a team that, it, you know, hasn't been to the playoffs in five, six years might be willing to take a swing on that because you can sell him as somebody that can, you know, drive you to the first round of the playoffs, um, you know, with uh, obviously with the appropriate pieces there as well. But he's a guy that can help you get there. Um, and, you know, you're going to need some other pieces to help get – to the, to the second round, but, you know, he's still 24 and he's still young and uh, it, you, you, you do have time to figure him out. And if you do figure him out, then you have yourself a, a top, you know, uh, 10 player. No Thank doubt. You. And I'm going to ask you this, man, how true is it about the rumors about him not wanting to work on his game? Because that, that does concern me. I, I don't know how true it is. I'll ask you about it because I hear those rumblings down here, but I will, I've seen the guy make threes and warm-ups when he plays in Atlanta. I've seen him be able to shoot with Monty Williams when, I, when the year before he, Brett Brown got to let go. I watched him make threes and warm-ups. So I tell people, I've seen the guy shoot jumpers. He, he, he can make them if he wants to. This will take him doing the games. So how true is what they're saying in the, in the national media that he doesn't work hard or he doesn't work on his game as much, much as, he, as he could? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't believe that. Um, I, I think, number one, it's like it's very unfair to, of, of anybody that, that – that, you know, doesn't know him to just assume that because he doesn't 
apply it in game that he doesn't work on it. It just it, there's there's clearly a mental uh, component to the uh, to all this where he is, is is uncomfortable with 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 his ability to perform those tasks that he practices on the court. Um, but you know, I, I think there is an element, you know, maybe in his earlier days of his career, where it was he would just shake off, you know, any kind of criticism or any kind of constructive feedback and say, "I don't have to do this." But I, I definitely think that he works on 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 these things, um, at least more than people give him credit for doing. Most definitely, and I'm looking at the roster, Austin. Um, I know Danny Green's a free agent. Uh, so's Dwight Howard, Mike Scott, and those guys, and. I do feel like this, Austin, that Doc Rivers playing that bench lineup, the short as he did, it still caused issues with the score. Because you know it's the score would change when he goes to that Toby with Hill, Thibault, Maxi, or Milton with Dwight Howard. It wasn't working. The Hawks was making them take – whatever lead they got out to, they were eating it up with that lineup for how long he went with it. And so I'm just thinking about the bench, the bench play, and what's the thing I thought about Doc Rivers kind of playing like, I guess, in season? Like, you can't really do that. You need to shorten the bench even more, in my opinion, to, to go against the Hawks and who are playing lights out right now. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 people want to want to give Doc a, a lot of, um, you know, uh, criticism about uh, the way he coached that series. And I think there are valid components to that, for sure. Uh, but I, I, I just think, he never knew or no one ever knew what he was going to uh, get out of that bench. They, they were a wild card and that's not how a championship contender is going to operate. You can't have a wild card bench every night as a contender. So a lot of it was just mixing and matching, trying to figure out gut feel who, who you know, who, who can give us this, who can give us that. Um, and I think you, you, you watch the Brooklyn game, game seven, they're playing Harden and Durant, 47 uh, or 52 out of the, you know, 51 out of the, of the possible 52 minutes. And you, you just can't run these guys like that all night long because you're going to need them to be at their best in crunch time. And, um, you know, Dur Durant came up a little short on that on that jumper, even though it was a tough shot. Still, like, like, like there were plays that were not made in that game seven in, Bro in Brooklyn and Miami – or Brooklyn and uh, in Milwaukee – because those guys were tired. So I think you see that. You see you have a, a center that is, is playing on one knee. Um, you have other, you know, you have two other star level players that are, um, you know, that, that you, you rely on heavily, but you, you want to you have them at their best when the moments really count. And um, I, you know, I, I just kind of think the whole, like, oh, only play seven guys, like th that works if you have a bench that you can trust. They, they they don't have that and um you know and and i just think you, you need to make, keep your guys fresh so you do that by trying to you know to mix and match things and live and, and you know and, and live as much as possible with um with, with what you can with that bench unit and unfortunately uh the bench could not give them enough uh to to do so most definitely and you know i think danny green getting hurt austin really hurt oh yeah I think I that losing Danny Green, because he kind of stabilized that first unit, and he just, without him, it throws off, makes everybody one man closer, and it messed up already a short bench and made it shorter, for, to my to my opinion, for his talent-wise, coming off there to kind of score and give you a punch. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, um, Danny was was phenomenal this season. Uh, I would certainly advise reciting him for sure. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think he just provided a, a degree of veteran leadership and calmness that the team lacked once he went down. But, I mean, you look at the Hawks um, off that uh, off their bench, like you have Kevin Herter for the first couple of games. Then you have Gallinari, you have Lou Will. They, they, they had a bunch of different guys off their bench that could – that, that you could trust and go get you 10 or more points every night. And that was really just, you know, the, you look at all the different margins of, 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 of victory or loss, depending on the side you, you're, you're doing it from. And, you know, that Gallinari gives you 17 points. The Sixers bench combined gives you 17 points. Um, you know, it's, 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 these are all things that it's not, um, it, the roster was not constructed that well. They had some really good pieces to complement Joel and the rest of the group, but they just did, they lacked a perimeter creator, a guy that could operate in the pick and roll, could change speeds, change directions, shoot off the dribble, um, and a guy that wasn't afraid of, of, of that embraced the moment like Trey Young does, um, and 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 the Sixers just didn't have that, and so when when Ben Simmons shut down, the push came to shove the offense slogged against the defense in Atlanta that wasn't very good. And, you know, Austin, uh, Seth Curry really surprised me, man. I mean, yeah. I hadn't really watched him all year like that, but seeing him just making – he's pretty much the, the you guys' second uh, primary score, Seth Curry, making shots off the dribble and and doing his catch-and-shoot-wise off of action and ball movement. I was like, wow. So, see him playing that well for you guys all year long? He – did not play that well all year long. He had a really hot start, caught COVID, and then he was out for a while. And then it kind of, you know, he was up and down all season, but he really came into form um, in, 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 in these playoffs. But, I mean, no one thought that he would be playing the way that he played where he's shooting 60% from three um, off the dribble. I mean, in game five when the Sixers blew the 26-point lead at home, and this is no knock against against Seth. He had a, he had a phenomenal phenomenal game and phenomenal series. But the fact that your best offense, when the ball is not in Embiid's hand, is running actions for Seth Curry to become a primary playmaker, it doesn't bode well. And anyone can see that. And if the shots are falling and you win the game, you can gloss over it. But the fact of the matter is that that's not a winning formula when Seth Curry is your is your next best shot creator outside of Embiid. And I was shocked that you know Doc kept Seth on Kevin Herter. As long as he did, I was like, "Can we go to Thibault or uh, yeah. somebody longer?" Because I was like, "He's getting killed." Yeah, and I, if they had just made any kind of adjustment there, I think the Sixers would have pulled away in the third quarter, and and they would have won Game Seven. But uh, he didn't, and uh, you know, it's it's a loss. And I've said this a million times over the last week. These play- playoffs in the NBA are very un- unforgiving, and when you ha- even the even the slightest error, the slightest miscalculation can be grave. And the Sixers made too many errors throughout the course of that series. They had a chance to win Game Seven. Uh, they, they 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 you know they they got they got back into the game in, in the third quarter, but Kevin Herter kept the Hawks in it with the way he was just crushing Seth, and so Doc didn't do enough there. And Austin, I've said this to Hawks fans on this show and off this show, and like that, I said, look, we've gotten lucky in our matchups. We're playing coaches who don't make adjustments. I'm just being real. Tom Thibodeau is in, stuck in his ways. It's, not, it's, on, it's our system. Doc, the same exact way. And Coach Bud, we all know that from Atlanta, it's the same exact way. It's 
our system. We got executed better. We're not making any adjustments. And Nate McMillan, who I thought was that way, has shown that he can make adjustments since he's been in Indiana, Seattle, and Portland now. So I'm shocked by Nate McMillan and what he's doing here because what I knew from previously, he had a certain way he played, and that was how he played. He ain't making adjustments either. I, I got to tell you, I love Nate McMillan. I, I think his interim tag should be removed immediately and his contract extended. He's been just fabulous for that Hawks team. They were 14-20 when he took over. I think they were 21st in defense. I forget what they were on offense, but they finished the season 18th in defense. So he had made improvements there, and their offense really jumped up too. Um, and, you know, he, he's, it was just, it, they were 14-20. and He takes over, and now they're three wins from the NBA Finals. Yeah, it's it's amazing seeing what he's done here, Austin. And I, I, I was close to Lloyd Pierce, and I hate to see him go. But I'm also happy to see us winning the way we are. So uh, I'm glad Coach Nate's doing it, man. Well, Austin, I'll definitely be checking in with you, brother, as the Sixers make moves. Hopefully talk to you again down the road, man. And uh, I, I love your work, man. Keep doing, keep doing what you're doing, brother, covering the Sixers, the Sixers, man. And I hate my man Mike Scott will be leaving you all probably, but that's, that's my guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> he gave, gave him 4.9 million. I don't, I don't get it, but uh, enjoy your playoff run. It, it is certainly a, a, a fun, uh, fun, fun run to watch. And uh, Trey Young has put the entire league on notice. I think you. I don't think you'll miss an All Star game for the next decade or so. You get out there, right? But hey, man, you be safe, man. Enjoy the Philly up there, man. Hope you guys get get something going here real soon, brother. Well, we'll see. You take care. All right, be good now. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.